Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, I'm Dan Boyd. I'm Kimmy Zeiler. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools. We're seeking to discover Christ in everything, from the banal to the sublime, and this is Fools, fools for, for Christ. Christ. Joining us today is a, as a special guest is recent graduate from Bishop Moore Catholic High Woo! School, Bailey Arnott. So, welcome, Bailey. Thank you for having me. Bailey, before we get started talking about the topic of the day, which is the joy of conversion, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, as you said before, a recent graduate from Bishopmore Catholic. I'm going to Sanford University next year to play soccer, so I'm really excited about that, and um, just really excited to start my year as a new journey on my new journey. I'm really excited about that. Cool. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. So, the really what kind of got this whole started was thinking about what the what the Lord is calling us deeper to and we came across a quote from Pope Benedict uh, actually Bailey did so I'm gonna let Bailey share that with us <laughs> uh, being a Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea but the encounter with the event a person which gives life a new horizon and a decisive direction what, so, I mean, I, we can kind of each just go around and say why we, we really like this, but I'll, I'll break the ice. This, it just makes sense to me. Like, when, I feel like this is one of those things, if you've been there, you know it and you get it. Um, I, I, love the, I love the logical consistency of Christianity. I love morality because it makes me happier. But at the end of the day, that like the, the commandments are not my religion. Jesus Christ is the like the center and the heart of that whole relationship. And so that's why to me this is that crystal clear reminder that hey there there's lots of things that compose your relationship with God. But at the center of it is Jesus Christ the God man. Hmm. Um, I hope I didn't take all the good stuff. I don't know. What, tell me what you guys think. I love how you just said the God man because every time I hear that I just think like the God man, you know, like, then the God man said, let there be light. And, you know, like, um, I love that title. Um, there's also the husband man is what St. Augustine at oh. one point calls him, which I think is just beautiful. But I, I love this quote because, because of the last part, um, a person which gives life a new horizon and decisive direction. Yeah. So it's like this encounter changes everything. It gives you a whole new purpose, a whole new direction. And it's decisive. Like, it's a time and moment where you, things change. And you have a new purpose and a new view of life. Right. It's almost, uh, I'm getting an image right now of, like, this idea, an event which gives a new horizon. So you're walking around in the dark. Mm -hmm. You don't, you can't see the horizon. You can't see anything around you. And all of a sudden, you have an encounter with the sun the whole horizon is light and now you see what lies before you and you can begin moving hmm. in an entirely new direction. So, yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, following the stars yeah. um, on an adventure or something, yeah. you know, and finally having the right star to follow yeah. and the right direction to go. 
I like how you said the sun and horizon, the sunrise. Um, for me, when I was at my women's retreat, the uh, the sunrise was like the most like profound thing where I saw Jesus and where I saw God. Um, and I like how you just said that because I didn't think of it before. But right when you said it, the, like when you're looking for like the sun, I was like, that's that's me. I love the mm-hmm. sun. Whenever I see the sun, I'm like, that's Jesus. He's with me. Yeah. It, always happens we're lucky that in english we have that that nice play on words of the the sun yeah. and the sun this oh I that not, not everybody else gets that but we do so the lord, the lord knew that would happen um, so the first thing we want to talk about really is what is a conversion you uh if you're listening you might think like well i was catholic my whole life i've never had a conversion i didn't need to or maybe you're thinking no i definitely had a conversion i became catholic at one point we're speaking of something, I would say, uh, slightly different. Like, there's definitely the, the formal converting to Catholicism, which is a, a formal process in which the Lord receives us all into his church. What we're speaking of is a almost a spiritual revolution where uh, you're, to go back to that quote by Pope Benedict, our life is moving in one direction, and because of, of an event, which is, realizing that Jesus Christ is real. He's not just an idea. He's not somebody who was, but he's somebody who is. Our life now goes in an entirely different direction. So we, that revolution, we turn entirely and go somewhere else that we weren't going before. And we see this in scripture. Um, what sticks out to me is when St. Peter denies Jesus, um, it says that there was, he turned back. Yeah. And so that's literally where we take that from. Um, Peter turning back after denying Jesus and turning back to Jesus to to seek reconciliation. But that initial, even before the reconciliation happens, the turning around. Um, and it, that the word that's used there is only used a couple times. And so that's the significant conversion. And the, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote my friend John Brown, who is quoting someone else who I don't know, but sometimes we almost get a little envious of the people who've had this great big conversion story and we think wow that guy was like smuggling drugs and, and doing all sorts of stuff and then and then he quit mm-hmm. but the what he reminded me is if if any one of us has gone more than a few minutes since our last conversion that's mm-hmm. kind of a problem like we, yeah. there's always this constant need to reorient and refocus and just say okay lord like how am i am i keeping you as the center of my direction yeah um but Bailey, would you just kind of since I would say this probably for you is a very almost like a, a recent memory since it was on the the women's retreat that was put on at Bishop Moore Catholic High School for you, where you I think experienced conversion in the sense that Pope Benedict is talking about. Would you share a little bit about that with us? Yeah, um, I was sitting on the dock. Uh, I think it was midday or something, random time. And I was with uh, Miss Livermore, Amanda Livermore, um, one of the campus ministers at Bishamore. And we were just talking about like this time, this large part of my life that I was really guilty about something. And it, it really shaped like how I looked at my faith and how I looked at myself. And um, I was always Catholic, raised Catholic, but I never really um, embraced my faith. I never acknowledged it to the full potential I, I am today. Um, but we were talking about the skill, and she just she told me, like, you don't have to carry all this burden. You can let, let uh, give your cross to him. Just let him carry your crosses, too. Like, he's reaching out your hand. Just grab it. And it was just, I instantly started crying. And just knowing 
that he's always there and he's always been there and I didn't have to carry these crosses by myself. And then we went into adoration right after that. And adoration has now is like, I love adoration, it's my favorite part. Um, it was completely blurred out and all I saw was the monstrance. And it was this huge turning point that has set my faith on fire. And I feel like I'm a sponge. <laughs> that's, that's how I describe it. I'm a sponge and I just want to soak up as much as it can hold. So, that, so I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, keep going. So that's a little bit of the, that's some of what you're doing to make sure that the conversion is not like a one-time thing where you're like, oh yeah, I had a conversion experience once and, and then that doesn't really <laughs> change your life. But you've really tried to find ways, because like, I think it's fair to say that conversion experience, like recognizing Jesus in the Eucharist as the risen Lord, brought a good bit of joy into your life. Yeah, and, you, and you're like, I don't, ever want, I, don't, I don't ever want that to stop. So in addition to kind of taking that sponge mentality, what are you doing to make sure that that conversion process doesn't stop and you keep going deeper? Right now, I am uh, going to Mass. My plan is to go to daily Mass when I go up to college. So I'm really excited to get my classes so I can do that. So I can <laughs> go to daily Mass every single day. Awesome. I really want to... Um, I know when I was at uh, Bishop Moore, like it was a community and like I learned uh, my faith and I experienced my, my faith through like a lot of people. But I also want to get the more uh, deep like individual relationship, which um, I have, but I want to get a deeper relationship like by myself with the Lord. So I plan on going to daily mass and uh, finding just places where I can uh, live out my faith in college through the Catholic Association. I think they have a Catholic Association over there, so I'm really excited about that. But when I was at Bishop Moore, I would immerse myself as much as I possibly could <laughs> at the campus ministry and just doing like retreats and women's group and helping out with other like uh, underclassmen retreats. And I pretty much lived in that room right. <laughs> for like eight months. So anytime you weren't supposed to be in class. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so we, I, missed, I missed some classes, but I still passed. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure your teacher excused all of those. those all absences. of them, yeah. yes, all of them. All of them. Um, so during that time, was there anyone that kind of helped to guide you um, as you were exploring this new facet of your faith and this new love and joy of the faith? Um, I had a lot of like older adult role models and also like my friends. I found a lot of new friends who had the same interests and values and uh, how they kind of wanted to live their life as an adult. So I had a lot of friends that I met. They were awesome. Uh, Miss Sojourner was... I call now I call her bonus mom. She doesn't know that yet, but now she does. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, she was she was amazing. She was the best. Miss Livermore, she uh, again helped me with my initial conversion. So that they those two women and Sister Christy, uh, never gonna forget them. They have changed me. Um, I I look up to them and just how they live their life and how they let the Lord live through them. Um, it's amazing, it's beautiful, and I hope one day to just be a little bit like them because that would be amazing. <laughs> so they were like big sisters They were like big, the faith. Yeah, big sisters, big sisters of the faith. Um, kind of like moms of the faith too. Yeah. Yeah, they were yeah. kind of like my moms. Um, they just, they kind of just taught me how not to be afraid mm. to live your faith not to be afraid, 
put it in everything you do, even if it's like going out and playing, you play for the Lord. Mm. You go out and you do the dishes for the Lord. Like you do everything for the <laughs> Lord because he, he died for you. So it was really amazing to have those people in my life. So mm. if you perhaps know someone like this who recently went through a conversion and you're thinking, what can I do to sustain them? Uh, you might be called to be that, that big sister or that big brother. So kind of taking a, like taking a cue from Bailey's own conversion, uh, just make sure, I don't know, like I'm thinking of, of how I can do this in my own life. Who can yeah. I be a big brother to right now? And even, like I never want to stop finding those big brothers in the faith. Like there's always someone who's closer to the Lord, who's further along the journey mm-hmm. than I am. So it's kind of reminds me, I need to wear both hats. Like be a big brother when I can be a big brother. And look for someone who's gone before me so I can. I mean, it's really what the saints do for us. But yeah. It's nice to find people who are uh, still vertical as well. Yes. It's good. To, it's so good to have mentors, um, whether it be a spiritual director or even just someone who's living the faith and someone you want to emulate, you know? But the best advice that you, you get from people are from those people that you want to be more like. So... That kind of branches very naturally into the next thing we wanted to talk about, which is charismatic and mystagogical catechesis. Whoa, Dan, big words. So if you, if you, oh, now if you, maybe if you're preparing for trivia night and you didn't happen to be that person that memorized all the words for the spelling bee in the hopes of getting on ESPN and losing to someone from another country, then <laughs> what these words mean, so... Uh, charismatic or kerygma, that's K-E-R-Y-G-M-A-T-I-C. Um, and then mystagogy or mystagogical is M-Y-S-T-A-G-O-G-I-C-A-L. And I'll talk about mystagogy first. So it's two words, the root myst, kind of like our word mystery, and then ago or agogical. And that means one who leads or having to do with leading into mystery. Uh, and the kerygma, which we'll talk more about shortly, that is a, it's kind of the, the older word, Greek word, for just preaching the gospel, the, the heart of that gospel, which is the message, Jesus suffered, died for, for us to forgive us of our sins so that we could have eternal life and have it more abundantly. Uh, and that's really the, the heart of the gospel, which we'll come back to. Um, but we pulled this term from Pope Francis's apostolic exhortation, Evangelii Gaudium, or the joy of the gospel. And this specifically was aimed at uh, catechists, people who are teachers of the faith. And the, as, at least as I understand it, it was a reminder to say, hey, the faith is not a set of propositions to be memorized. Almost kind of going back to that Pope Benedict quote, uh, conversion is not the result of an ethical decision or memorization of a bunch of ethical rules, which are nonetheless important. Mm-hmm. But primarily, it's uh, it's an introduction into the mystery, and I'll say the beauty and the joy of the faith, mm-hmm. and that that's really what your so Bailey, your big sisters in the faith, that's what they did. They they lived that mystery of the faith, and yeah. they showed you, and they they drew you in and let you see. Like, there's joy in this. There's there's goodness in here. Taste and see. Come and see. And yeah. That's how I learned it, for sure. I wasn't... I mean, I went to religion classes, but that's where I had my most impact, was watching them and um, how they lived out the mystery of the faith. So that's really important to know. That's not the, the uh, ethical 
part is not the end all be all right living out your faith and experiencing it i think it's really important like you can be a very moral agnostic you can be a very moral jew you can be a very moral muslim really anybody but the heart of i mean what we're made for is relationship with jesus and that's why all of those like natural religions or natural law as good as it is it's not the fulfillment of human being and will always leave us wanting more whereas the like the Eucharist is the bread that satisfies uh, because that's what our heart was made for. And even going back prior to Pope Francis, this is all this has been what the church has taught. Yeah. So in Catechese Tridente, they it says that the whole aim of catechesis is not only to put someone in encounter with Jesus Christ, but in communion with him. And so the whole aim of catechesis is to put people in encounter and in communion with Jesus Christ. Yeah. So um when we're looking at teaching the faith, when we're looking at those rules and regulations and all the ethics of the faith, the whole aim of them, the whole point of them should be to draw them into communion and into union with Jesus. Right. And therefore, I mean, that, like the, when you say communion, immediately community jumps out at me, like that you can't be in communion with Jesus and not be in communion with his church, his bride and one mm. another. And that's why that, that community of, of, like both younger and older siblings in the faith supports us, draws us in. Uh, and that's really, I, I think this is a whole nother podcast, but um, <laughs> the, like if we want to transform our culture, that needs to be the community we form instead of forming community mm-hmm. around, okay, these are the people I play sports with, or these are the people I, you know, watch football with or go to whatever with, yeah. like make communities of people who you're going to go to heaven with. And who are going to lead you and who you can lead. And uh, that way it's just, it's what the Lord, it's what we see in the book of Acts. You know, and, when we're going back to, to when yeah. we talked about community, it's the model of the church from the very beginning. And then it's an everlasting party, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And almost a, you can't separate uh, good evangelization, good proclaiming of the gospel from joy. Um, there's so Pope Francis has done a great job of reminding us that if we're going to be talking about Jesus, we cannot be a curmudgeon. The uh, in fact, I Kimmy, you you when we were preparing, you shared a quote with me from yeah um, from Evangelium Gaudi or Evangelii Gaudium. Can you what was that again? Yeah, so a person who is not convinced, enthusiastic certain and in love will convince nobody and i i think back to like the various teachers i've had and that i don't want to like cast dispersion on anybody who perhaps wasn't that but there's one guy in particular who was so full of joy and enthusiastic Mm. and convinced i mean he could like i almost think he could move mountains with his conviction in what he was speaking (laughs) about and it that changed me forever and I'm, i'm forever grateful to him for being that example of joy and conviction and and passion and enthusiasm like it christianity absolutely made his life better mm-hmm. i mean there's some people who uh it, like heaven fruit i'm sure that i'm this way a good amount of time like it doesn't make a noticeable difference in my life yeah. but with this guy it made a noticeable difference in his life and i thought that like that is absolutely what i want and his yeah. joy was um it was so I came up with this analogy earlier, so I'll stick with it because I like it. But joy <laughs> is like uh, joy is like the breadcrumbs 
that we follow. So to, to borrow a Hansel and Gretel tale, but um, <laughs> we like it's the breadcrumbs we follow when we're following people into the mystery of the faith, and we we see it. It's the the thing that lets us know we're going in the right direction. I mean, that's really a big part of of discernment. Is uh, are you are you at peace or you, do you have anxiety? Do you have joy or do you mm-hmm. have despair? Like joy and peace are the, the things that say the Lord is here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have uh, been following the, what, the campus ministry if you guys weren't joyful. I wouldn't have walked in the room if all of you guys weren't playing your banjos and singing <laughs> and, and just like having a blast because I'm not going to follow someone who's grumpy or who just looks moody. Right. I mean, just, you'll yeah. find somewhere else to be. Yeah. So I'm really grateful that was like such a fun environment. Yeah. And that, uh, I mean, really it all goes back. It's, I don't know why it's, it's surprising, but you can always find what you need for evangelization in the model of Jesus. And so mm-hmm. uh, just thinking back to the Gospel of Matthew, when he speaks about um, coming to him, with your labor, with your like, with your troubles and everything, and he says this like very, very odd sentence, which because we're not an agricultural society might not strike us, but he says, um, "Take my yoke upon you," and a yoke is that big wooden beam that they would put on the shoulders of an ox so right. it could pull a plow. He's like, "So take this huge wooden thing on my shoulders. Oh, a cross. My uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light." And the, I mean, that's that one of those great paradoxes of Christianity that is in taking upon yourself the, the cross with Jesus that you find that joy and that, that happiness with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that cross becomes so much lighter with the Lord. Yeah. Because he's carrying it with you. You're not alone anymore, which is also beautiful, I think. So as we uh, kind of, as, as we wrap up, Bailey, what advice would you have for someone who is in the midst of a conversion, uh, whether they're kind of in the beginning, the middle, or the end? Um, what would you say to them about how to keep that, that blender going? The blender going? Um, I would say find yourself a, a second family or a group of people that just show you so much care and just want you to be a better person and that want you to find the Lord and get you to heaven. And uh, once you find those people, just stick with them and let them just immerse you with unconditional love and let you know that it's okay to live uh, in your faith. It's okay to be uh, a son or daughter of God and um, never let go. <laughs> Keep going and uh, it's never let the blender stop, stop going. I would just say find yourself people that love you because love will will conquer anything. Love will hold us together. Yes. To quote Matt Marr. Yeah. <laughs> After that like, amazing song. Fighting with temptation to start love. singing. <laughs> I would I'd start singing. But. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of afraid of it yeah, being no, recorded. Like, if uh, I, I wish I were that good where I could just like belt out and start singing, but I'm not. I'm not I there. don't want to make your ears hurt. In heaven. In heaven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Bailey, thank you so much for... For joining us oh, today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It, was, it was an honor. I'm such a fan, so I'm really excited. <laughs> I finally got to be on it, but thank you, No, It was so much fun. Cool. Yeah. Well, we will be sure to make some great podcasts for you while you're up at Sanford. 
killing it on the soccer field oh, and yes. we'll be sure to, to pray for you and if you if you come into town to play be sure to let us know so we can go watch you of course yeah and again thanks for for listening everybody we hope you have a great week and we look forward to hanging out with you next time yes until next time and bailey when you leave just know that we're gonna be praying for you as you discover your new second family up yeah. there thank you thank yeah. you yeah, right. so until next time god bless, god bless everybody Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.